Support for Speaking of Travel comes from Asheville Regional Airport, Western North Carolina's gateway to the world. Your safety when traveling to and from Asheville is and always will be our top priority. Asheville Regional Airport. Visit flyavl.com for all your current travel information. Prestige Subaru, offering a variety of new and pre-owned all-wheel drive Subarus. Built with the zero landfill promise, all waste is recycled or reused with more at PrestigeSubaru.com. And Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours. You'll be at the top of the city as you experience Asheville's history and scenic beauty, historic landmarks, and award-winning rooftop bars. Transportation is provided with tours offered daily, year-round. Find out more at AshevilleRooftopBarTours.com. Welcome to Speaking of Travel with Marilyn Ball. Sit back and be carried away to places around the world and right here in our own backyard. No passport required. Hi, this is Marilyn Ball, and you're listening to Speaking of Travel right here on News Radio 570 WWNC, which is an iHeart Radio station, and I am proud to be a part of iHeart Radio. They are now the leading podcast platform, and I am really, really glad that Speaking of Travel is here on the iHeart Radio platform. Now, you be sure to visit the Speaking of Travel website. That's Speaking of Travel. You can sign up for the Travel Club. There's going to be a lot of new news coming out over the next couple of weeks and months, and we're going to want to be on top of what's going on. So sign up for the Travel Club, and you'll get some good travel tips and some travel news to keep you going and keep you dreaming. And remember, you can always listen to this episode of Speaking of Travel or any past episode with a simple click on the Speaking of Travel website on the iHeartRadio app, iTunes, Spotify, pretty much every podcast platform now has Speaking of Travel. So you can listen anywhere, anytime in the whole wide world. And I know that it won't be long before we can start really looking at where we want to go in the whole wide world. And here with me today is Tina Kinsey from the Asheville Regional Airport. Tina is the Director of Marketing, PR, and Air Service development and we have been keeping up with Tina and the airport over all these past weeks to keep an eye out on what's happening and Tina I am so glad to have you here on the show today thank you for keeping us up to date well it's really a pleasure to be here Um, it's nice that you want to help share the news of what is happening at Asheville Regional Airport and in the airport world in general Well, it is our hub, and we really need to be tuned in so that everybody can start making their plans. And, Tina, last week you were telling us uh, the the airport has – Uh, continue to create an environment for passenger safety and sanitation with some changes that were going on. Give us an update on what's happening today. Sure. So we have implemented um, and launched a a campaign that we're calling hashtag AVL Travel Safer. 
And what we're doing is we're highlighting what to expect when you're traveling to and through Asheville Regional Airport, because things things have changed, as we know, in the world, uh, and that does touch airports as well. These are places where many people are gathered together, often in um, tight quarters. And so, you know, how are we uh, maneuvering this post-COVID-19 environment uh, so that travel can be uh, as safe as possible. So with this initiative, um, we want travelers to know that we do have enhanced cleaning procedures. Um, This is something we have implemented so that we have frequent and enhanced cleaning of all of our high-touch surfaces in public areas. And those include things like counters, handrails, elevator buttons, seating, doors, and other such surfaces. Face coverings, uh, we're all getting accustomed to wearing face coverings in public. And we have required all of the airport authority staff members to wear face coverings while they are in public areas of the airport. This is the management team of the airport um, and our custodians, maintenance, um, operations team, that kind of thing. Uh, And then per CDC guidelines, those who are visiting the airport, we're encouraging them to wear face coverings uh, when they come. Guests will see social distancing markers on the floors in passenger queuing areas, um, including in jet bridges. You will see we're going to help space you out as you board the aircraft. Um, And we are also reconfiguring seating areas and having we have some social distancing uh, parameters in place there as well. We've installed acrylic shields on all of our public counters um, as another measure of safety. And then this is a big one. We are limiting entry to the airport terminal only to ticketed passengers, those who must assist a passenger, such as someone who is disabled, elderly, or an unaccompanied minor, those doing business at the airport and employees. So everyone else, if you're dropping off or picking up passengers, you need to stay in your vehicle. We do have a complimentary cell phone lot uh, where people can wait uh, until their passenger arrives. Then they just circle around uh, to pick them up. And of course, we're going to continue to push lots of education, signage, overhead announcements, or use our website, social media to help travelers understand what to expect. Um, there's more coming, but that's what we've done so far. And we're asking guests and passengers to do their part too. wear those face coverings, uh, be mindful of social distancing practices, use your technology to reduce touch points, um, such as mobile board boarding passes, and then always check your airlines travel requirements because all the airlines have their own procedures in place and many of them are requiring face coverings during the travel journey. So lots going on. We're in touch with CDC and the Department of Health and Human Services. And these are best practices that are being implemented at many airports across the country. Um, And so we we're proud to do our part as well. Well, Tina, I am just so proud of uh of you and your team and and all the people who have been just diligently working to 
to make sure that our safety is the number one priority uh, as soon as we get to the airport. And I want to also remind everybody of what you were saying uh, to remember that the precautions that we take are not only for us, but for all of those around us. And I want everybody to remember that what you were saying about checking your airline's travel requirements, that is also critically important because you're setting the tone there at the airport, having everything uh, strategically in place. But the airlines are separate. Once you get on that plane, there are going to be separate travel requirements, right? That's right. And every airline has their own procedures in place and they're doing a great job. They have lots of information on their websites. When you book, you're given a given information about what to expect. Um, you know, so it, I, it's important to help travelers understand that the airport does not manage uh, those procedures. We certainly are partners with the airlines, but when you're traveling and you book a ticket, you need to be in touch with your specific airline. Absolutely. And all of you, like you said, are partners in ensuring that our upcoming flights are even safer than than they've ever been and that everybody is being looked after and taken care of. I did want to ask you about food options there at the airport, Tina. What's going on with sure. your dining? Well, right now we have limited options. Um, you know, we've uh, we're seeing some travel resume. So we're seeing some upticks in numbers, but it's still pretty low. Um, the, the restaurant, um, they are offering grab and go options. Um, there's no dine in of course. So, um, that's basically what we have available that and some vending as well. So if you are traveling, it's probably a good idea to to bring some snacks and and be prepared if you're if you're going from one place to another and it's during the mealtime. Well, yes, I mean, that's always an option. And um, like I said, we do have grab and go. There's the the uh, retail side is open. So there are snacks that can be purchased. Uh, just no dine in or bar services at this time. Gotcha. Well, Tina, thank you again, always for, for catching us up and give us the website and how people can get more information. Sure. So please visit us at flyavl.com. All the information that you need will be there. Lots of links to the airlines as well. Well, Tina, we are really counting down when that airport is going to be like full speed ahead. <laughs> well, we are too. We are too. We're we're ready when you are. Well, thanks, Tina. It's always great to catch up with you. Stay tuned. Our guest today is Tanya Fitzpatrick. She is the co-founder of World Footprints. World Footprints is a socially conscious travel media platform. We're going to be talking about the future of travel. Hi, I'm Kay, the founder and owner of Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours. You usually hear me talking about our tours from the rooftops in beautiful Asheville, North Carolina. Currently, our country and the world are going through an unprecedented time with the COVID-19 pandemic and the fear and economic uncertainty that it is creating in our world. 
We in Asheville, a city that has been welcoming tourists to the healing properties of our Blue Ridge Mountains since the 1800s, are feeling it as well. Many things have been put on hold, but together we will get through this. Our times to explore the world or even our local hometowns and reconnect with friends and loved ones is in our future. Be strong, stay safe, and when you are in Asheville, look us up. We would love to show you the city from a bird's eye view. Spring has finally sprung, and with our backyard in full bloom, now is the time to get out and find adventure wherever it may lead. From the mountains to the rivers and all the turf in between, we are no less than blessed with our beautiful backyard right here in western North Carolina. There's a will, there's a way, and for the way we have the wheels to take you wherever you wish to wander. Adventure is waiting, and the choice is yours. Find your adventure vehicle at PrestigeSubaru.com. Prestige Subaru, 585 Tunnel Road in Asheville. And welcome to Subiville. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see what spring is like on Thanks again to Tina Kinsey for filling us in on the latest at the Asheville Regional Airport. You know, we're all dreaming about what it'll be like when we can visit other places and begin to create some new memories. But right now, when we're at home, longing to be traveling, it's comforting to submerge ourselves into life-changing travel experience stories and beautiful tales of how a trip can alter your life. Because there's nothing like other traveler stories to get some inspiration. We all share a common humanity. And my guest today inspires and educates and connects communities around the world through stories. Tanya Fitzpatrick is the co-founder of World Footprints, a socially conscious travel media platform that includes the award-winning World Footprints podcast. It is such a, a... gift to have you on my show today. I can't thank you enough for being here with us. Oh, Marilyn, it's my pleasure and it's an honor. Thank you so much for inviting me. Well, Tony, you you have uh, just such a, a broad and expansive background. Why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, about yourself? And, you know, one thing I always like to ask is, when you were a kid, were you were you part of a traveling family? Uh, no, not really. But travel came into my life uh, at the age of five. And I, I talk about this story in my first TEDx talk. Um, I have an uncle, my uncle Michael, where he's still with us, thankfully. But he used to live in London. He was part of a, the diplomatic corps. And he would come home to Michigan and visit family once a year. And his visits really opened my eyes to the fact that there's a broader world out there than tiny little Lansing, Michigan. <laughs> and, you know, and as a five-year-old kid, my world was the, the block that I lived on. And so to hear um, his accent, his evolving accent, my aunt who was from, um, from London, and, uh, and to really kind of mirror even their accents and see how kids around the playground responded to this little girl with a funny accent, um, you know, that just really broadened my, my horizons and, um, and taught me about the world around me. And so 
at the age of five, I promised myself that one day I would move to London. And I did. And that was when the travel bug really bit me hard and it just hasn't let go. And you have really taken all of that and created an amazing uh, world of travel and storytelling. Give me an idea of, of your why behind World Footprints. Well, World Footprints is really a passion project. And, you know, my, my background is very diverse. I'm a lawyer. I'm a former White House appointee. And, um, you know, I come from corporate America, the political world, and I, I was not happy in either of those worlds. And I knew that there was something else that I needed to do. I needed to do with my life. I just felt this calling. And that's the thing about passions. You can go any direction you want to, but your passions are going to find you and catch up with you. And that's what happened with World Footprints. And so the the idea, the thought about World Footprints actually came when my husband Ian and I were on travel. And we happened to meet a couple of women who were um, traveling as well. We met them at during a cocktail hour at our hotel. <laughs> and, um, and one of the ladies, um, who's still a friend of ours, her name is Vivian Van Leer. She lives in Los Angeles. She happened to be a life coach. And so I'm complaining about my career. And mind you, at that time, I was a senior legal advisor at Homeland Security. Um, back in the day under, I think, Tom Bridge. And so I've been, I'm complaining, you know, about the, the legal uh, profession and it just was not fulfilling to me and it was killing me. And so she gave Ian some prompts. Ian life coached me when we got back to our hotel room. And within minutes, I, I you know, had my passion uh, reaffirmed. It was travel and horses. Those two things came up and, um, and we thought, well, we don't have money for a race pony and horses are very expensive. So let's start a travel agency. And that's what we did. And we were very, very successful with it. And I started doing a lot of television here in Washington, D.C. And Ian and I did some national shows as well. And that caught the attention of a local uh, top radio station who invited us to start a travel show. And we did. And we ended up going digital a few months later, um, back, you know, when uh, digital radio at that time was just coming to the forefront. And really, the rest is history. And uh, we've grown World Footprints and kind of rebranded and, and really um, identified our niche. We're very, very niche. Um, platform. And, you know, and, and, but we've grown even through our small uh, niche audience that we started with. And give me an idea of what the mission is for World, World Footprints. Well, the mission, even when we started our travel agency, um, which is, you know, what got us here in the first place, but our mission even back then was to connect people. It's all about connection. It's all about um, understanding that we all share, you know, similarities and the similarities are greater than our differences. 
Um, it's about respecting people from other cultures. I mean, it, it's almost kind of altruistic, you know, if you think about it, but that was our intention. And, um, and we really wanted people to travel with different eyes and not necessarily to travel um, just to be served or, um, you know, take things away or, but to, to travel and, and appreciate the destination, appreciate the culture, but also appreciate the, the blessing that that um, travel opportunity presents to them personally. And we saw travel as a way that people can live their best lives. And so that was a mission. And we were kind of founded on the, um, the philosophical principle of Ubuntu, which is a, a Zulu word. Um, which really reflects humanity and translated, it means I am because we are. And that encapsulates just our humanity. And so with that, that principle, you know, we have, you know, built world footprints and the, the, the guest and the stories uh, that have been written and the podcast guests, those um, all reflect uh, Ubuntu. Um, and we see really right now, even during this crazy time, we see that principle um, playing out in many communities around the world, you know, with people helping others. And, and it's just part of what you do um, as is it, particularly in South Africa, that that's something that South Africans really uh, live by is that principle. And, um, you know, and you, so you see this playing out um, across the, the world giving back. It's our responsibility to give back and, um, and to lift each other up. Well, it's always important. It's more important now than, than ever. Tanya, give us an idea of, um, well, first off, give us the website, how we can get uh, connected through your website. Sure. It's World Footprints, and footprints is plural, worldfootprints.com. And I know on the website, there is just so much information, and you can also access the podcast right there on that website, correct? Yes. Yes, the podcast, uh, all of our articles, um, and videos that we've, uh, we've been doing over the years. Well, when we come back, I want to talk to you more about the the power of travel, this transformative power of travel that you talk about, and and also look at the future. What what you uh, feel is in store for us as we move forward. I'm here today with Tanya Fitzpatrick. She's the co-founder of World Footprints, a socially conscious travel media platform. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Melody from GlobalMedTravel.com, and I'd like to invite you to travel with me on a virtual tour of one of the most famous UNESCO World Heritage Sites. Pull up Google Earth in your browser and type in UNESCO, that's U-N-E-S-C-O. One of the places on my bucket list is the Taj Mahal of India. 
on Google Earth's UNESCO World Heritage Map, you can click into the street view of the Taj Mahal and soon you'll be wandering the grounds. You can virtually stroll alongside the imaging pool, climb the stairs, and walk right up to touch the stones of the famed mausoleum. UNESCO called it the jewel of Muslim art in India and one of the universally admired masterpieces of the world's heritage. Another thing to know about the Taj Mahal, it's located near the city of Agra, which is also a traveler's hub for medical tourism. I hope you'll enjoy your virtual tour of the Taj Mahal on Google Earth's UNESCO World Heritage Map. This is Melody from GlobalMedTravel.com, and I'm wishing you all the best for your travels near and far. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars. Let me see what spring is like on a Jupiter. Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball, and I'm here today with Tanya Fitzpatrick, the co-founder of World Footprints. And Tanya, it has been... um, uh, Looking at your website, I want to talk a little bit more about your website because there's so much information there about... um, uh, there's just so many stories. Let's talk about the stories a little bit because they are, they talk so much about travel and the power of travel. You ha- Give us an idea of how you have been able to connect all of this together uh, to be able to tell these stories. Well, first, you know, a lot of credit goes to our team of writers. Um, You know, we have a lot of freelance writers who um, are like-minded people. And so we we were very, um, we have a great editor who is kind of the keeper of the brand for us. And, um, And so we make sure that, and she makes sure that the, the writers that, that come to us uh, understand our guidelines um, because they're very clear and, you know, they're very niche. And so a lot of the, what people will find when they visit our website are stories about conservation. They'll find first-person narratives these days, um, particularly because, uh, you know, as we all travel and as a lot of the travel writers return home, um, you know, they, they are experiencing uh, this whole, our circumstances very differently than, um, than we at home are, perhaps. Um, but uh, they'll find articles about introspection and how travel has transformed their lives. And that's one of the, the, the most um, common messages that I speak on uh, when I'm doing, you know, uh, presentations on the stage about the transformative power of travel. And so we wanted articles that um, impact our readers and really connect these readers vicariously through the stories and, um, and really inspire readers to look at a destination differently and, and maybe even, you know, um, prompt them to consider traveling to that destination and traveling with different eyes. And I think one of the things that really, you know, that we all have to fight is the constant noise uh, from social media and maybe misinformed family and friends who have their opinions about other destinations and people. Um, We like to use our platform to kind of bust 
those best myths and best um, misconceptions so that people can find their own truth. I call it ground truthing. You know, they can find their own truth on the ground. And, and that's how actually Ian and I travel. And, um, you know, we, we travel with the expectation of finding something different than may have been portrayed in mainstream media. <laughs> and, you know, and we have, um, whether it's been Sochi, Russia, where we've gone to cover the Olympic Games or even Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, uh, or even Israel um, or in India, you know, just pick a country on a map. We have found different uh, reflections of um, the countries that we've been to that um, we've, you know, heard something about before we left. Well, that that brings the next question that I'd like to ask you, and that's about the future of travel, because everything that we've done up to this point uh being able to go into communities being able to live amongst the people uh in their neighborhoods and then locally looking at uh you know being being responsible travelers uh what do you think it's going to be like now when we are uh free from travel restrictions and people can start going back out how do you think that's going to be different or changed? Well, uh, I mean, travel is not going to be the same. Um, uh, certainly, we're not going back to the way things used to be. Uh, certainly, at least within a, you know the next year or two, I think you know there's a number of factors that will come into consideration. One will be uh, people's finances. You know, a lot of people have been unemployed, um, unemployment, and the stimulus check is not enough, um, really, even for people to live their, their daily lives today. Um, and so there's not going to be the money to do these big trips. And then you have to look at, um, you know, what will the hotels and airlines do in order to fill the, the loss gap that they're experiencing right now? You know, will we have higher prices? Um, and frankly, how many people are going to be comfortable uh, crowding in a plane, even even a plane that's seventy percent uh, of capacity? How many people are going to be feel comfortable doing that going forward? I think you know it's going to take a long time for the airline and and hotel industries really to bounce back. Um, and so I think people are going to um, stay a little bit closer to home. Uh, I think, you know, the secondary cities, the tertiary cities are going to be very popular. Um, I see glamping and RV travel in our future because with that type of travel and that method of travel, it's easier uh, to create physical distancing. Uh, so, you know, I think that that's how <clears throat> travel, we'll see travel going um, forward. Um, I don't, you know, the other thing that is that a lot of uh, countries overseas aren't going to open their borders to travelers right away. Countries like Greece have, um, but I don't think they're getting an influx of tourists <laughs> right now. Um, and so, you know, we, we don't know for sure, but I, I, I do believe that people are going to stay closer to home. You know, uh, economics, their personal economics will come into play. And 
but but I also think that people are also going to take more meaning. They're going to allow their trips, whatever they do, to mean something uh, to them. Where as before, before this happened, we took travel for granted, even us in the travel journalism field. And so, you know, I think people are gonna gonna really have a greater appreciation for where they are and what they're doing. Um, and, you know, it'll mean something uh, to them. And I really hope that they begin to, uh, wherever they are, connect with that destination and um, the people who are um, either resident there or, or uh, serving them in some capacity and, um, and understand, you know, when they look at the, the person, the waiter who may bring their, their food to them or the person who's helping them pitch their tent, that that person also just came through this um, COVID-19 stuff too. So, you know, I, I just hope we look at things a lot differently and that it means a lot more. Yes. And, and I feel that the, uh, what we talked about at the beginning of this common humanity that we do uh, look at and, and feel with our hearts this co- now even more so this common humanity that we all share together. So Tanya, give us again the, uh, the website and also uh, tell us, just give us an idea. I know you have an upcoming travel book. Tell us a little about that. Um, Yes, our website is worldfootprints.com, footprints plural. And um, the book, we do have a book coming out. Um, It's actually, you know, it's been evolving as I've been writing it because there's so many stories and that are coming out that I'm remembering. And and certainly uh, there are a lot of introspections that I've had during this time. And so um, I don't have a title yet, but I'll say that it'll probably be if Eat, Pray, Love and um, One Day My Soul Just Opened Up by uh, Alana uh, Van Zet, uh and uh, Chicken Soup for the Traveler's Soul. If those books had a baby, it m- might be the birth of my book. <laughs> Tanya, I love that. I can't wait to to hear more about it. And I do want to let everybody know that we're going to bring Tanya back and keep moving forward with World Footprints so that we can keep in touch and keep in tune with what's going on in the travel world as things are going to be changing so much in the days and the weeks and the months ahead. Tanya, I can't thank you enough for being on the show today, and I look forward to when we can have you back on and uh, and learn more about what you're doing and, and what your travel plans are as we move forward. Thank you so much, Marilyn. It's been a pleasure. Well, this is Marilyn Ball. Stay tuned. We've got our good pal, Doc Lawrence, coming up. He's uh, here to give us some great storytelling. At Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours, we welcome folks from around the world and locally onto our tours. People love to travel and discover new places and new experiences, and we love being a part of that here in beautiful Asheville, North Carolina. Most of us right now are not traveling due to the COVID-19 pandemic sweeping across the globe. While travel and tourism make up the biggest part of our regional economy, providing thousands of jobs, and our community greatly feels that loss in tourism right now, 
We know that there will be time to travel safely in the near future. We wish everyone good health and safety during this time. Community is what brings us together. We at Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours look forward to welcoming you to our community and showing you the city from a bird's eye view. Green is good. Local food, less oil. Renewable energy, sustainable peace. Tree hugger. Say no to GMOs. Be kind to animals. Don't eat them. Go solar. Coexist. Don't buy a dog. Rescue one. Keep Asheville weird. We just read the bumper stickers on the back of a Subaru. Welcome to Subiville. Prestige Subaru. On the web at PrestigeSubaru.com. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. And let me see what spring is like on it's time to catch up with our fellow traveler, Doc Lawrence, and he's here to share some enchanting stories about one of his favorite places on Earth, New Orleans. Doc, you know I've never been to New Orleans, right? Well, someday, hopefully sooner than later, we'll meet down there and have some fine dining experiences together. Because I know you're the one who knows the best of the best. You know, I'll always remember fondly our trip to Key West and all the wonderful meals we shared together. Marilyn, let's continue visiting some of the remarkable dinners at Gourmet Shrines. And don't blame me for returning to New Orleans. No sane person questions its centuries-old solid reputation as the creative center of America's cuisine. Before sitting down to dinner on a particular night long ago, I took the Fable Streetcar boarding on Canal and headed up St. Charles Avenue, getting off at Napoleon to have lunch at Pascal's Manali. It's a restaurant. And here's the headquarters of Barbecue Shrimp. You wrap yourself in a giant linen napkin and devour these delicacies, washing everything down with glasses of Bourguignon Blanc from Burgundy. Hint, no shorts or halters here. They won't let you in the front door any time of day unless you're properly dressed. Then it's a stroll for me through the Audubon Zoo, one of the nation's finest and some shopping in the Garden District. Taking the streetcar back to the French Quarter, I walked by several street preachers, a New Orleans landmark itself, before I found Richard. I was looking for him. He's my friend who makes a good living shining shoes and getting tourists into legendary fine restaurants with a $50 tip, of course, but he produces. Dinner this night was at Antoine's, the American landmark restaurant. Antoine's has been a 180-year establishment. It's rooted in American history, making it the oldest family-owned restaurant in North America. Antoine's has served notables from popes to presidents, including Teddy Roosevelt, FDR, JFK, Bill Clinton, George W. Bush and his dad, and many celebrities like Tennessee Williams, Rosemary Clooney, Joan Rivers, Brad Pitt, Clark Gable, Bing Crosby, Vivian Lee, Nicole Kidman, Dinah Shore, and the Rolling Stones, can you believe that? And many, many others, including little old me. I once had a favorite waiter at Antoine's, and his name was Joe Gura. 
you could book a table where he was your waiter for the evening. Decked out in a beautiful tuxedo, he made dining Marilyn into a Hollywood movie set. He took care of everything. He made the menu selections. You trusted him with the wine pairings, and you knew that he would lead you to the promised land from beginning to finish with style. This was an evening, this particular one, that I will never, ever forget. We began with Oysters Rockefeller, which was actually invented here at Antoine's. This was served with Joe's choice of a French white wine, a sauterne from the Lower Valley. Next was Trout Meunier, a whole sautéed, gently seasoned fish that was feather light. The wine was one from Alsace, Likely it was a Pinot Gris, as I recall. Of course, there were seasoned vegetables, asparagus, julienne carrots, escalloped potatoes, and fresh baked French bread. The dessert, drum roll please, Antoine's magnum opus, baked Alaska. It was another creation from their kitchens, and it has lasted through the ages. You can't really leave this planet until you have baked Alaska only at Antoine's. We finished with a cafe au lait and with a side of cognac added on to make for even better memories. I asked Joe how many years he had worked at Antoine's. The answer startled me. He began working in the kitchen when he was in high school at age 15, and then he bust tables. When he finished high school, he went to college in Paris, studied to be a chef, worked in Parisian restaurants, and then later returned to New Orleans to his home and worked as an apprentice at Antoine's, serving the owner for many years until he qualified to become a full-fledged waiter. Joe lived comfortably with his family in the Garden District. His status, Marilyn, was equal to that of a lawyer or a physician anywhere. Antoine survived the Civil War, two world wars, Hurricane Katrina, French Quarter fires, the Great Depression, and Marilyn, I swear to you, Antoine's will survive this pandemic, hopefully to serve dinner for another 180 years. Well, Marilyn, this has been a lot of fun for me, and let's do it again. How about next week from Nashville? So this is Doc Lawrence for Maryland Ball and Speaking of Travel on the Gourmet Highway at Antoine's in New Orleans saying, I'll be dining with you again soon in just a few days. Doc, as soon as we can travel safely again, I'm meeting you at Antoine's. I'm certain we'll have a wonderful time. You stay well and we'll talk to you again soon. Remember, you can still follow Doc's journey on the Gourmet Highway by visiting thegourmethighway.com. So go out and have a wonderful week. My thanks again to Tina Kinsey from the Asheville Regional Airport for an update, to Tanya Fitzpatrick from World Footprints, and the exceptional storyteller and host of the Gourmet Highway, Doc Lawrence. All right, so we know these are not normal times, but we will travel again. Our wanderlust is going to be our path to finding the world and get back to people. 
Even though we're on a break, we know our common goal is to get back out into the world, ready to explore even more. So stay positive, stay confident, reach out and engage in the travel community in whatever way you can. We will see the world again and we'll find our common connection. Make a commitment to keep dreaming and planning. Because remember, life is short. Don't postpone joy. (laughs) 